At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare i'm saleya mosin and i've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the united states In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Live Bet Saturday, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, back in the saddle. Danny Burke alongside out there in Chicago. I'm fired up, man. We get a good rivalry game this morning. We're going to get Michigan and Ohio State to track along with some other contests as well. It's going to be a good Saturday at college football. And I'm back with one of my best friends in the world, Danny Burke. What's up, man? <laughs> Uh, not that much, JVT. Yeah, we're happy to have you back in the mix, and uh, no better day than to have you here. Uh, a lot of good games. I know you and I are itching to get involved in some of them from the in-game betting perspective, so looking forward to it, pal. So let's go through, as we usually do at the top here, uh, just go through some of these games that are going to close in terms of numbers, uh, and we'll get some analysis on some of these. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, Army UMass with Army closing as a 20-point <laughs> favorite over at BetMGM. I got went back and forth, open 20.5 at MGM, closed 20. I got to as low as 19.5. The total didn't really move either. Uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb, so you don't really have analysis there, or... With South Alabama, and as I lovingly refer to them as, Old Dirty U, Old Dominion, uh, 16 and a half, the closing number here for South Alabama, the total bet down ever so slightly a bet of GM, 48 and a half at the open to 47 and a half at the close. And Western Kentucky as a seven and a half point favorite at close, getting bet up from six and a half over at BetMGM, and the total getting bet up from 61 and a half to 62 and a half, which leads us to the third one on the rotation. Let's do it. We got about what? Five minutes to kick off, 12 minutes and 30 seconds to kick off between Michigan and Ohio State. I think you and I share uh, some similar thoughts here. So I'll give you the floor in what you're looking at between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines as they are going to close. It looks like about eight and a half point favorites uh, Ohio State is with a total of 56. 
When I look at this game, JVT, I see no need to rush to look to back Ohio State, and that's the side that I'm looking toward. And I think you and I have kind of been on this train for a while, maybe not you as much necessarily touting Ohio State, but more so not believing in Michigan and their schedule and what people are kind of touting them to be. I think there's concerns at the quarterback position. I think their defense is good. I wouldn't say they're great. I do think it's going to be a closely played game because of the rivalry, because of what's on the line, and because of that familiarity. So, yeah, realistically, Ohio State is going to give you an opportunity to bet on them at a much shorter line. We have seen this time and time again. It's happened multiple times when we've been on the air. Take a look at that Penn State game. Take a look at that Northwestern game. This doesn't only happen this season. It happens in this game each year, it seems like. So, again, I don't feel the need to just run to the counter and lay nine points where it's at right now, where it's closing at, with Ohio State, a team that has been playing it closer than they should be in the beginning stages of the game. So I'm going to see if Michigan does slow them down, if Michigan can get to an early lead. And then I'm going to look to attack the Buckeyes, because at the end of the day, JVT is is non-trustworthy, I guess if you want to call it, as Ohio State has looked. I feel like they've just been a little bit more complacent because they know how talented they are. They've had a relatively easier schedule. It all comes down to this. There's no being lazy in this game, but Michigan will have its outs or have its wits kind of going toward them at the beginning stages of this game. But Ohio State is the better team, JVT. So I'm going to wait for that in-game number and then pounce on Ohio State. But uh, in terms of the total really quick, I'd probably lean under uh, Michigan because their defense will probably make some stops. They're going to try to get that running game going. I would assume it could be a lower scoring type of game. I know you had some interest in the total here. Yeah, so there's a couple of things here too, and we, we can add to your analysis, which is I would agree first off with Ohio State. Uh, I'm going to look to play against them. It, just evaluate Michigan's schedule in terms of their, not even level of opponent, Danny, but type of opponent. Which of these offenses is going to be able to spread you out, put the talent at wide receiver out there that Ohio State is going to have uh, that Michigan has faced up to this point this year, right? Like, there hasn't been. And that's part of what the Big Ten looks like, right? It's a bunch of teams who prefer ground games and physicality as opposed to a little bit more finesse. And it's not to say that Ohio State is not physical, but this is going to be one of the better, actually, this is like the best and most wide open passing attack that Michigan is going to face up to this point of the season. Uh, unless you count that really dynamic run and shoot offense for Hawaii that they took on in week two, like this is going to be a little bit of a change. And I would say the closest comp, and you and I watched this game closely. Uh, was that Maryland game, right? That they barely yep. got by 34 to 27. And even in that game, they, they, they think they benefited from three turnovers, one on the opening possession for the Terps. So this is obviously by far the best opponent and by far the best offense and different type of offense that they have faced. The other aspect is Blake Corum reportedly is going to play, but he's not 100% in terms of his knee. Uh, when you talk about like some of the quotes from Harbaugh saying, oh yeah, it's structurally good. We're happy about that. But he's clearly not at 100%. And Last time I checked, running backs and their knees, somewhat important to have some faith in them from a health and structure standpoint. So that's a really big blow for Michigan. I think that's why we've seen this number move the way it has. So I'm going to look for an in-game standpoint to play Ohio State, but it's also what led me, and I lost a point out on here, but it's also led me to play this thing under the total of 56. I think one of the most overlooked aspects of Ohio State's season up to this point has been what Jim Knowles has done with this defense. This defense is great. Uh, it is very well coordinated. It's a lot more aggressive than Ohio State defenses in the past. You can make the argument that he was, Knowles brought in, uh, to coordinate for just this game and potentially a college football playoff. They look much different with the stunts and different fronts that they're throwing out there. And, and you mentioned the other final facet for me, which leads me to play this under, because I'm not sure Michigan's going to have a ton of success here. 
if Ohio State, who comes into this game right now by EPA standards as the sixth best rush defense in the country, can make Michigan more one-dimensional and force J.J. McCarthy to be a passer, J.J. McCarthy is not a great passer, right? Like, we saw multiple times in the Illinois game that he left some throws out there on the field. And if this is going to be one where you've got to win it with J.J. McCarthy as a guy who's throwing the ball downfield, I feel like Michigan's in a pretty tough spot here. So I played it under 56, and uh, we'll look for an in-game standpoint to maybe get a better number than, you know, once it gets to that, what's your buy point? Like, under that 7 or 7 that you want to get in here on Ohio State? So I, I would play them under seven, but I may be a little bit more greedy than I should because if it's, I, I guess if it's Ohio State having a lead, but it's not a dominant lead, but it's a fair lead in the sense that I'm going to get under seven, but Michigan looks like they're not going to have an opportunity to take it and you know maybe get me a good money line price or under a field goal, then yeah, I would still entertain looking at seven. The ideal scenario would be that Michigan gets out to like a 7-0 lead or something like that, or maybe 10-3, something in that region. I wouldn't have an issue laying like minus 140 or minus 150 with Ohio State on the money line. That would be the ideal scenario if I could get that early on and then not have to wait the entire game and kind of just hope for a good number. So that's what, again, my aspirations are. Will that actually happen? Who knows? But yeah, if it gets under a touchdown and it's probably like, I don't know, maybe the third quarter and we have a good idea of how this game's looking, that's when I'll do it. Because just if it goes there automatically right away because Michigan gets like a huge play or something, JBT, which we see a lot of times, and then the market freaks out, I'm not going to buy automatically, but I wouldn't have an issue doing that. Like if the pre-flop number was under a touchdown, I certainly would have laid it with Ohio State, but I just think we will get a lot better number uh, closer to a field goal range at some point in this game. So other games uh, that are underway, because we're going to have plenty of time watching this and uh uh, right now, let's see. Ooh, it's not looking good. We always love these. Uh, the pregame. Okay, there we go. Shockingly enough, Charles Woodson <laughs> selected Michigan to uh, to win this game. Uh, <laughs> where Urban Meyer is going to go, I think, is a very big mystery. Uh, other yeah. games that are currently underway, Oklahoma State and West Virginia did just kick off. Uh, for those who don't know, no Spencer Sanders today. There's also a report that I think he's going to transfer. Uh, I don't know if that was actually uh, legitimate or not, uh, but I saw that. I think it was OutKick that had that, if you want to believe in uh, OutKick's coverage to report news. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland also underway right now. Uh, that game going off with Maryland about a 14.5-point favorite with a total of 48.5, and, a half. and uh, just about to kick off. And Actually, I'm watching it happen, so I'll get your thoughts Did you have anything on Clemson and South Carolina? Because this Clemson squad, all of a sudden, looking around at the structure of things in front of them, has a very clear path, potentially, to a college football playoff berth. If a couple of things happen for them, but they've got to maintain their winning ways. And, of course, that would include a, uh, you would think, outmatched opponent here against South Carolina. But we've seen the Gamecocks show up, including last week. But what do you make of Clemson 14.5-point favorite as they just kicked off against South Carolina, total of 53 over at BetMGM? Well, I was looking forward to getting your thoughts on this game because I know you've been following this team closely and uh, it's been a roller coaster with this Clemson Tigers squad. Man, I mean, 14's way too much. Even if South Carolina didn't put on the performance that we saw in their last game against Tennessee, I would still be hesitant to trust the Tigers. But it's so intriguing because then you look at them as a two-touchdown favorite and you're like, well, South Carolina clearly has the weapons to keep it close and Clemson has made it harder on themselves in various situations. So uh, is this actually going to be a replicable performance from the Gamecocks? I don't know if it's worth betting at pre-flop to find that out. In terms of this total JVT, I get why it moved toward the over. We saw it close at about 53, 53 and a half in some spots. When you have a good defense like Clemson and you're seeing this total move to the over and you agree and you kind of missed out on it, 
I think we can wait for the in-game spot for this total, right? Because Clemson can easily get a stop at the beginning stages of this game. And like I was saying earlier, and like we have said ad nauseum, I mean, these books really just over-adjust too much sometimes at the beginning stages. So if there is a stop defensively and this total starts to wind down and maybe you get it under 50 or around 50, that could be a spot to look at for a buy-in in terms of this total because Clemson should be able to move the ball against South Carolina. And, hey, I, I mean, again, if they finally are getting a little bit of rhythm in terms of South Carolina, maybe they can do enough to get it over the total. But I think we can get a better number in that spot as well, just like Ohio State and Michigan. First drive, South Carolina is going to punt this away. And uh, I would there say this, <laughs> I, I do think what's interesting here from Clemson's standpoint, Danny, they have changed things uh, with their offense. If you look at the first few weeks, uh, I'm going to read off a couple of numbers for you. This is DJ Uyangalale on the ground. Uh, Ten attempts, then one, eight, nine. There was a 15-run game against NC State, eight, 13, eight, three. But the last two games for them, he has run the ball 25 times. It does seem that they are kind of dedicating themselves to using uh, DJU as a little bit more of a runner. And he's got two rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks as well. He's put the ground, the ball on the ground, but there has been a little bit of a tangible change there for Clemson's offense. And as I uh, as I babble on, Georgia Tech with an early 6-0 lead over Georgia. We'll go right oh, down baby. the field on their first drive. It was a big play downfield, and the Yellow Jackets are in the end zone there. 6-0 with the extra point coming. 10-43 left to go in the first. So keep an eye on that. Give you an updated number. Those who uh, wanted to play it with Georgia, well, you might get a discounted in-game number now that they have the Bulldogs are down by a touchdown to open it up. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a look at, of course, as we always do, the big games later today. That includes the best ATS team in the country as a home underdog. We'll tell you who that is when we return here on Live Bet Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN Cyber Monday deal is on now. Sign up today, become a VSIN Pro subscriber. You're going to get a daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. You get tools like our betting splits and deep dive daily betting reports, plus our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. New VSIN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VSIN store as well. It's a great place to shop for VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry! Limited time Cyber Monday offer. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vcin.com slash subscribe. I think vcin's going to offer, like, I don't know, like give me a discount on the new God of War game? I don't think so. Uh, all right, Danny Burke is alongside. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, all right, so a couple of things to update here. First off, Georgia Tech, 11 plays, 75 yards, 4 minutes, 7 seconds off of the clock, and they find themselves in the end zone against Georgia. In-game number right now. Do I tempt you with 26 and a half shaded to the favorite side at minus 115 with a total of 52 and a half, Danny? Or, or a first half line of 13 and a half with a total of 29 and a half? I would rather go full game if I'm doing anything with Georgia. And it's not that I want to wait and trust Georgia Tech to even get a better number here. I just don't know enough personally about Georgia Tech to get involved. So that's the only reason that I probably wouldn't be tempted to jump in right now. Like obviously myself, along with many other people know how great Georgia is, but I just don't know enough about this Yellow Jacket squad to know what kind of temperament they have, what kind of rhythm and style they play with. So this wasn't one of the games that made my list, so I'm not going to force it. But if it did happen to come down to where you're getting a lot better price and a look on Georgia, then yeah, we would have the conversation about that. But uh, not necessarily right away, although it is down to 24 and a half now, so a uh, big movement already. So a couple of quick <clears throat> excuse me, scoreboard updates for you. Uh, James Madison up 3-0 over Coastal Carolina. 11 minutes left to go in the first quarter. They're a 15.5-point favorite in-game, minus 125 juice there, with a total of 52.5 shaded to the under. Also, a minus 125 price tag. Georgia State up 7-0 over Marshall. Nine minutes left to go in the first. Marshall, a 3.5-point favorite uh, right now. Total of 51.5 heavily shaded to the under at minus 130. And uh, UMass up on Army 7-0, but an in-game update right now. We are still waiting for a number to be put up on the board, and we are on the field. Ohio State does have the ball, and it looks like C.J. Stroud is about to go out there and take the field. So with that, I mentioned the best cover team in the country as a home underdog. Of course, that is Oregon State. 
who plays host to Oregon today. They're a three-point underdog. Technically, the best cover percentage goes to Tulane. This number's down to two and a half over at BetMGM. Were you in on Oregon State catching a field goal against Oregon? It would be very Pac-12 for Oregon to come in here and lose this uh, civil war against the Beavers. It really would. That would just be classic Oregon in this spot. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I could get there with Oregon State. This team, for me, when I've been looking to handicap for them or against them, have kind of just been all over the place. So, again, not a team that I have the best understanding of. If you do like Oregon, though, JVT, and you're not entirely confident with them pre-flop, again, it's like we're beating a dead horse, but this is kind of the premise of the show. Have some patience and wait for that in-game number. It's already incredibly narrow spread right now with them just laying a point and a half. It's a rivalry game. If Oregon State is going to keep it close, well, more often than not, you're going to get a chance to get Oregon probably as a slight underdog if the Beavers get an early lead. If Oregon State has a or Oregon, pardon me, uh, has a costly turnover, there's probably a chance where you can get the Ducks catching over three points if it's going to be a back and forth type of effort, which it certainly can be because we know Oregon's averaging over 40 points a game and then State's getting about 32. So this could be a shootout. And if it's going to be again, the markets are going to be incredibly volatile. So I do lean with the Ducks. Again, I'll wait and see if I get a better spot. Nothing that I would rush to bet pre-flop. But uh, how about you? Did you have anything in this one? Yeah, I took three. Uh, with I took three with Oregon and Oregon State. Excuse me. And um, part of it is like this team has obviously been pretty undervalued. I, I really enjoy them from a defensive standpoint. I I do think they can run the ball relatively well as well against Oregon. Although Oregon does grade out somewhat well as a run defense. Here's the other thing that I'm really interested in. Um, Bo Nix over the last couple of weeks is kind of uh, he hasn't been terrible. He put up his worst uh, worst effort there last week um, when it comes to the, the matchup. Uh, excuse me, I'm having a brain fart against Utah. Excuse me, a 59.7 pass grade for him. One touchdown to one interception. He's slowly, like completion percentage wise, has fallen off a little bit each of the last two weeks. I, I wonder if not that Bo Nix is kind of falling off the uh, you know falling off the cliff here, but against an adequate defensive team and the play has kind of started to slip a little bit for him. What does this look like on the road in a really good home environment? Uh, with a team that has been very good at the uh, window, <clears throat> excuse me, for betters and clearly undervalued by the betting market, uh, I think this is one where I, I've kind of rolled with Oregon State quite a few times this year, not enough as one of the best cover teams in the country. But if you're giving me a full three in a rivalry game with a team that's covered at the rate they have at home, uh, I think I feel comfortable taking three here against uh, against Oregon. So, But I can't wait. Like you said, I think it's a really t- fair point with a game that is going to be hovering around three it's a pretty good chance you might get a better number here, especially if Oregon goes down the field on its opening drive, gets a score. You might get over that three, maybe even like a four or something like that. But uh, I've got faith here that the Beavers are going to get this done, if that's fair. Absolutely. I'm with you. And hey, how about uh, Spencer Rattler coming back down to reality a little bit? Pick six for South yep. Carolina. Now Clemson up 7 nothing early. Yeah, because Spencer Rattler coming back down to earth. He has been playing very well. Um, right now, from an in-game standpoint, Clemson, I've got on my screen, uh, off the board so far. So we'll give you an update uh, on where that in-game number is. But I'll say this too. I'm very interested. I don't know if style points really matter anymore in college football. But Dabo's not a guy who's going to take his foot off the gas. And especially in the position that they're in, if they have the opportunity, this could get pretty ugly for South Carolina. Yeah, this is tough, too, because you're right. I I mean, we we tend to handicap that, and then sometimes we're like, "Eh, is it really a thing? But you're right, in a team that's 
on the cusp of, I guess, still in the argument of making the playoff, even though I don't think they really does not deserve to be in the discussion, but have that much of a chance. They are going to keep pounding it down, not only because they have that life still with a little bit of a creak in the door, but because it is that rivalry game, though. And these teams, it just does mean different for these kids and how they instill that mentality in them before the game. And the fact that it came on the defensive side of the ball, the offense still needs to get going for Clemson. So, yeah, they're going to get down early. They're going to try to punish them as much as they can because you understand the weapons that are available on South Carolina and what their offense has done as of late. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see if Clemson, if they end up winning, to kind of just completely come away with it. But, yeah, I'm still seeing no numbers right now at BetMGM JVT, so we'll see how much it adjusts uh, for Clemson and South Carolina after the pick six. Uh, I want to make sure that I – did I just witness the punter run in for a 36-yard touchdown for West Virginia? I don't I, – I could be uh, incorrect. No, okay, that was Garrett Green, um, who has got a <laughs> punter-like body. Uh, so, West Virginia up 7 nothing over Oklahoma State. 7-11 left to go in the first, a 36-yard, essentially quarterback draw uh, for Green, and the Mountaineers are up 7-0 right now over Oklahoma State. And uh, Ohio State, they're driving. They're already across midfield, just converted a third and one right now. Uh, some big chunk plays already for the Buckeyes, and they are heading downfield. So this is, um, I guess, not the way I really wanted this to start. I mean, I believe in Ohio State. I want a cheaper price, but I also bet this thing under the total. But uh, this is one of those where potentially – if you get one of those lopsided results, as we're always talking about, um, that maybe, just maybe, uh, Michigan cannot hold up their end of the bargain from a scoring standpoint, and I still get this under. But right now, yeah. already in the red zone, a second down for Ohio State as they are down to the 18-yard line. Um, good start for Michigan. Uh, by the way, I should know he is C.J. Hicks, linebacker for Ohio State, looked like a very serious leg injury on the opening kickoff, so he uh, is not going to play here. He's on special teams, but very much worth noting. Uh, just for that, and uh, Oklahoma State's going to get the ball. Other big game, Danny, as we transition here, Auburn on the road against Alabama. Alabama has failed to cover in each of its last three games as a double-digit favorite. What are we doing with the Crimson Tide? From a mentality standpoint, this is kind of a weird spot. Uh, I mentioned it last time I was with you when uh, when you have a guy like Nick Saban mentioning like we have guys playing for draft stock and an Auburn squad that seems to be very much ready for this game. I like... We, I read the stat there as a double-digit favorite. Clearly, Alabama's been a little overvalued, and I don't know if I'm really comfortable going in lane 22 with the Crimson Tide. I am not comfortable doing that whatsoever. And you can talk about Auburn playing for Cadillac and them having right. this revitalized mentality. I mean, I did back them, and when they were playing A&M, they barely held on 13-10. to 10. Good for them. They got the dub, and then they won next week against Western Kentucky. I, I understand how this team has a different sense around it. But, man, Alabama is very hard to read. And every time, I guess maybe it was one time, but we, we've we still discussed them, and I would consider a way of backing them. And it just hasn't gone to what I envisioned this team to look like. I did have some interest in this total, JBT. I, I was very tempted to bet this thing over. 50 seems to be the consensus number right now. And I still like the idea of doing it. If I were to get involved in anything pre-flop, I would be betting this total over. I'm just a little concerned about Auburn and how much they are going to be able to move the ball. Now, Alabama is at home, and that does matter for the Crimson Tide, who have struggled in road spots this season. So if it was on the road, I'd certainly be more inclined to look toward betting this total over, assuming Auburn could get some momentum from the crowd and Alabama's defense maybe just struggling a little bit on that side. But again, I just don't know if I can fully trust Auburn to score enough to get you over in that capacity. And Alabama has shown signs 
of just being stagnant offensively themselves. So I lean that way, nothing that I've done right now. Third and goal for Ohio State. We'll find out what the result is for you and to see if they can get in the end zone here. And also Georgia Tech still holding on to their 7-0 lead, and that's a 6-0 lead for Ohio State as they get into the end zone. We'll have an in-game update for you when we come back here on Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com. Check out that betting splits data, betting splits page updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see where all the changes are in the action over at DK. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Check them out, man. Betting splits for every game over at vsin.com. So, Ohio State. First drive, finds the end zone. They lead 7-0 over Michigan in this rivalry matchup between the two schools. I've got on my screen, how come I don't have an in-game line here? Come on, screen. Let me know. Uh, Either way, I'm sure our trusty crew will give me an in-game update on the screen uh, when we get Uh, it. I got 13.5, JVT. All right, cool. 13.5 down to 12.5 now with a total of 57.5. Also worth updating. Will Shipley, very big run for Clemson down the middle of the field. DJ Uyunglele finishes it off with a nine-yard touchdown run. Again, right? The game plan for Clemson. There what you I tell go, you, they're running the ball more. <laughs> uh, but already up 13-0 over South Carolina. Clemson is in this matchup with the Gamecocks. And, of course, as we know, uh, this Clemson squad is playing for a little bit more as they have a little bit more life when it comes to the college football playoff. They'll very much be watching what is going to come up later today, a game that we're going to get into and argue very, uh, very much about. And also an update very quickly before we get to the big game matchups that we have left. Um, Georgia Tech still holding on to a 7-0 lead over Georgia. And uh, we will see if uh, maybe Georgia, who we saw it earlier this year, right, kind of played with their flu- their food against Kent State, had to come back against Missouri. Um, you would be worried this early in this game. But we have seen this from Georgia in the past. And it's uh, very interesting to see. What transpires here? Bulldogs still 24.5 point favorite. The total is the real move down to 50.5 with seven already on the board. Third and six, JJ McCarthy rolls out, completes a pass. So Michigan's going to get a fresh set of downs here at their own 42 yard line. All right, with that, let's talk about the big game matchup that Clemson later today is going to be watching with much interest. Notre Dame taking on USC. The jeweled shillelagh, I believe, is the trophy that is at stake. Uh, young Jonathan Von Tobel. And when I would play the NCAA football games and always battle for the Golden Shillelagh with the uh, the fullback that I made and create a character. Yes, uh, he was a fullback. <laughs> Super dynamic, though. Like, I would put him out wide and everything like that. It was absolutely right, great. Uh, but four and a half now. Total is 63 and a half. I'll give you the floor for your wrong opinion here first, Danny. So when I made this game, JVT, making kind of my number four, just predicting with a friend, I know there were some like early game of the year lines and all those things, but um, I made USC about a six point favorite. And that's pretty much where you saw this spread open in various shops. So when it was at six, I didn't really see much value. Now we've seen it go. And I know at BetMGM, you're seeing four and a half, but in several spots, you've seen it come down to four. And for me, that was pretty much the buy point. USC's defense is very, very bad. I think that's pretty obvious, and it's no shock that when they've gone up against respectable competition, like UCLA when we saw, their defense was a big concern, and that is going to be the case against Notre Dame inevitably. At the end of the day, though, if USC either forces a turnover on Notre Dame or gets out to the early lead and just gets one stop, whatever it is, 
I find it hard to think that Drew Pine is going to get this team in a shootout and have that be enough to win this game. Now, I have been wrong about Pine before. You could kind of compare it to when they faced North Carolina, JVT, because I was on the Tar Heels in that game. Tar Heels with an abysmal defense and Notre Dame took care of business. Maybe that happens here. Mm -hmm. But Caleb Williams, I do think, is the better quarterback, and I think most people would agree with that. Uh, Lincoln Riley, you would argue, was the better coach in this situation, and they obviously still have their sights set for the college football playoffs. So for the fact that it came down to four based on where I made the number, I think that's worth a play. I'll trust it with a better quarterback and the team that, so to speak, has more to play for. If it's going to be a higher scoring game, I think the team who ends up winning probably does win by more than a field goal, JBT, just because I think it's not going to be a field goal settling type of atmosphere. It's going to be touchdown, touchdown. So whoever wins probably uh, would cover that four spot and, you know, thinking it's USC and laying it with them. I, I think that's a pretty good spot. Am I going to be shocked, though, if Notre Dame ends up pulling this one outright because of USC's and up defense? Absolutely not. But again, based on where I had this number and the quarterback play and the coaching advantage, I think it's enough to warrant a bet on the Trojans. Uh, so J.J. McCarthy actually rolled out to his left and had Ronnie Bell wide open. It looked like it was going to be a touchdown, but he short-armed him. Bell had to come back to it. So right now, Michigan is driving right now at the Ohio State 25-yard line. McCarthy is, though, in the grasp, and he's going to try to get rid of it. It's going to be a second and 10 right now. Uh, not a great start for your boy, but I will. I, look, I am going to hold out hope. We've talked about this. This is the first drive for Michigan. Scripted drives for teams, generally pretty successful. We'll see if uh, once they get off script, if things change here. Uh, but right now, pretty good. And they're going to call JJ. This is massive uh, for me. J.J. McCarthy's going to get called for intentional grounding right wow. now. Uh, he was actually he was in the grass when he's getting spun down when he threw it away, and I don't think it got back to the line of scrimmage. It didn't, and there were two offensive linemen in the area, not eligible wide receivers, so this is going to be intentional grounding, and that is a big one for Ohio State, who is uh, getting beat up here a little bit on that drive. So 6.56 left to go in the first. Uh, McCarthy get called for that, and they're going to have uh, – we'll give you an update on what the exact down and distance is. But again, they're going to be much closer to midfield as opposed to inside the 30-yard line for the Michigan Wolverines. So all your points, I think, are pretty valid here. It's second to 25, by the way. For me, you mentioned one of the biggest things. Notre Dame, I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Danny, has really shifted to, you know what, we kind of know Drew Pine's not really that good. Uh, but we do know that we have a really good running game that can, that can have success against some weaker front sevens. And what's really interesting here is USC comes into this game 130th in the country in defensive EPA per play against the run. We have seen multiple times. I mean, even look at their win over UCLA where they gave up over 40 points. Like The reason they won that game was because they turned the ball over a bunch of times, but that was interceptions, right? It wasn't forcing fumbles. It wasn't hard-nosed defense. They were picking off uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, forcing mistakes in that regard. I, I think that Notre Dame is going to be able to come into this game, Danny, run the ball essentially at will against USC, as we have seen many opponents do. And I think they're going to start to pay for this. And if they do, we go to the cliche, if they can have success here on the ground and kind of slow this game down, drag out these drives, keep Williams and the USC offense off of the field, that only benefits what you're talking about, which is what I don't want, right? Which is you having to keep up with USC from a scoring standpoint. And I do think... I don't think in any like in any sense that Notre Dame is going to come into this game and stop Caleb Williams and this USC offense, but they are 26th against the pass this year in EPA numbers in Notre Dame Irish are. I like their defensive line up front to be able to pressure Williams at times. I think for just this was just a matchup thing for me, and I felt like Notre Dame 
matches up pretty well here with a USC team that's kind of been skating by here a little bit near the end of the season, right? The shootout with Arizona, the giving up 35 points to Cal, uh, getting by UCLA, and even though they were, I think, were they plus three in the turnover margin there, but only winning by three points, you, you kind of been floating along here, barely getting by. This is a game where I don't know if they're going to be able to get by. Thus, uh, played, I didn't even take the points. I went in a small place, uh, a price, uh, Notre Dame money line, at a plus price here. I also used it for our bets giving thing. Do you, what, by the way, do you are, are you in bets giving? What did you do for bets giving today? Yeah, so I'm teamed up with Mike Palm. So Mike and I actually did do USC. We had minus four in the hook. Okay. So I, I doubled down on it for uh, the official bet for this show too. But we did, uh, yeah, we did USC minus four in the hook. And then for tomorrow, we did Ravens minus three and a half, total over in Washington and Atlanta. And then Packers money line against the Eagles, actually. So, so a little bit of value. No, I, so I, I like it. And my so my strategy is just since it's small sample size, just go with some plus prices. I had Grealish yesterday to score a goal at four to one. Obviously, it didn't happen in the USA-England game. Uh, I have played... Uh, uh, Notre Dame money line for today. I have Rams money line tomorrow as part of my three plays uh, in the. Uh, <laughs> I considered it, but I couldn't get there. And, uh, right, just take shots, and then um, <laughs> Bengals minus two and a half in the under in the Bears and Jets game. Really quick, last two minutes. Uh, let's get to our pro tip, which is something that we were looking at in this Ohio State Michigan game because you know it's floating around eight, and the only reason to really get involved. Pre-game spread hovering around that key number, as you talked about, Danny. Just you know, wait for an opportunity in game once that spread has crossed that number, and you can get in, get the team you want underneath that key number that you're looking at. Absolutely. And hey, you could attribute that too to that USC and Notre Dame game. If you're someone on the side of USC, potentially like myself, but you don't want to get there with the four, the four on the hook. If Notre Dame does start moving the ball, if they can stop Caleb Williams in the passing game, maybe get USC under the key number three, and that could be a better opportunity. So uh, that's what we've been loving to do on this show. And it's a great tip to have to do uh, consistently when it comes to college and pro football. Uh, JBT, one uh, more thing about that, though. If you do like Notre Dame, kind of like what I was saying when I'm like, I think this game's going to come down to whoever wins probably wins by like a touchdown or more than a field goal. I like your idea of betting Notre Dame on the money line plus 165. Not that I would do that constantly with games like this instead of taking four in the hook, but in a game that could be a shootout, I do like the idea of you taking the plus money on the money line rather than the four in the hook. Yeah, uh, that was my thought too. So uh, hopefully... Hopefully, I, I would say that hopefully there's a realm in which we can both be happy, but there isn't, Danny. So I do not wish you luck here uh, in any way, shape, or form. All right, some other things to update really quickly. Uh, timeout over in Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, right now, the Wolverines have a third and 20. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, this is what we talked about. Tried to hit Cornelius Johnson in what looked like kind of a deep out route. Completely sailed it over his head. So in some of these downs, right, where McCarthy has to be just a pure drop-back passer, it is... It's a little wild. It's kind of an adventure for Michigan. And also, big third and nine, Oklahoma State driving inside the 20-yard line of West Virginia. See if they can convert that and get a goal to go here. We'll update you, of course, as we move along. We'll see uh, what this third and 20 looks like for Michigan when we come back here on Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention BetMGM customers. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement of BetMGM. Get the $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable. Site credit site, uh, credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Quick update. So that score is good. Ohio State from an in-game standpoint. I should say the, the field goal is good. Ten and a half point favor the Buckeyes are now with a total of 57 and a half. Joining us now, Michael Felder, college football analyst. 
Nice enough to give us some time here today for the Field of 12. Michael, uh, very much. We appreciate the time. Uh, let's start with this, the game, Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, what were your pre-flop thoughts coming into this matchup between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines? I mean, I looked at the weather. I looked at Ohio State. I realized this is a team that spent some time working on stuff, but the reality is, and as we're watching it right now live, this is a team that is very ready to go. They're not going to waste time trying to run the football. They're not going to waste time trying to force the run. They're not going to waste time playing jumbled up. They are going to be spread out, make you make a decision, and then they're going to go out and they're going to kick your behind. I think this is a game that they're going to cover, and they're also, listen, if you can get something on the back end in that second half, go for it. When you look at Ohio State kind of just outside of this game, if we are envisioning them making the college football playoff, I know there has been some reservations about this team, but is this more the squad that you expect to see when they reach the college football playoff? And do you think that they are, I mean, obviously every team in the playoff is live to win it, but Georgia seems like they're far and away ahead. Does Ohio State have what it takes to overcome that? Yeah, I, I think Ohio State is – they're, they're Rachel Lee Cook, right? She's all that. This is a team that picked to win the national championship going into the season. They're going to take their glasses off. They're going to shake their hair out. And then all of a sudden, they're the hottest girl in school. And I think that's the reality of what's going on right here. It's a good reference. I like it. By the way, Michigan uh, cannot be happy. Michigan supporters. Uh, Junior Colson was just called for a face mask, and they just showed on the replay. It definitely wasn't. Uh, so, Mich Ohio yeah. State right now uh, is driving yet again. Already think inside, yes, inside Michigan territory, and already at the Michigan thirty-yard line. So, and, and you know, Michael, to your point, one of the things that I brought up, uh, like this Ohio State team kind of being ready for this, I think one of the things that was really underrated about Ohio State coming into this game was the fact that they went out and they got Jim Knowles. I think part of like the reason was yeah. to coordinate for this game and a college football playoff run. Knowles and this defense have been awesome. They have been much more different, much more aggressive. And we haven't really seen them a lot yet in this game. It's only been one drive, and they kind of got taken downfield other than, of course, uh, that um, the uh, penalty that was called on J.J. McCarthy. But I've been really impressed with Knowles in this defense, and I think that's kind of a lost aspect of Ohio State this year. Yeah, I, somebody, we're so focused on C.J. Stroud. We're so focused on whether it's Mayim or Travion or, or even Dallin in the last game, uh, and obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., but the reality of it is is, that defense is good, yep. and they're a different type of defense. This defense now runs. Come on, and this defense is so focused on. And, and when they get when they when they, after they score this touchdown and they go up fourteen to three, <laughs> what we're going to see is the defense. They're all hugged up to the line of scrimmage. They're eight yards away, so they're daring you to throw the ball over the top. And I can tell you what, Michigan's not going to push the ball over the top nearly enough for it to be a problem. And I think that's a big reason why one Knowles deserves credit, and two. Ohio State's going to win this football game. Michael, I want to take it outside of the Big Ten and switch gears. Uh, maybe a game that's not as important as some of the other ones, but I believe you have some betting interest in it. Vanderbilt in Tennessee, the Volunteers laying 14 in the spot, and obviously they're without their star, Hendon Hooker. How do you think the Vols shape up now that they've prepared without him going against this Vanderbilt squad? I, I think Vandy is, they're riding a high one, man. This is a team that is, Listen, they are they are having a good time right now, and Clark Lee is excited about them, and this is a team that wants to play for each other, and I think that's something that, listen, as someone who played on several losing football teams at UNC, when you get excited to play for the guy that's next to you, when you get excited to play 
for that man that you've, you know, you've been spotting him when he's doing the bench press. You've been spotting him when he's squatting. When you're doing all those things, which is what Vandy's doing, I think you get excited. And I think they're excited to go out and get the job done. So this is going to be a game I don't think Vandy wins. But I do think Vandy covers that 14 number. And I think we've got a tight game, especially with that transition at the quarterback spot now that Hendon Hooker's down. All right, let's go to a, um, a matchup that does have college football playoff implications. Uh, Danny and myself here, Michael, are split. So maybe you can settle this for us and also give us a thought on the total here. But USC taking on Notre Dame uh, right now, that game is about four and a half with a pretty high total. What are your thoughts on this matchup and uh, what you expect to happen later today between the Irish and the Trojans? Well, what do you guys split on? Who's split on which? Who's taking Notre Dame to win this football game? Uh, I am. Okay. Hey, man, I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think USC knows what's on the table. They know, listen, they got it on their racket. This is them having to hold serve. And I think this is a team that they understand that they've got to go out there. They got to get the dub. They have to do that because then they got to win this week. Then they got to win next week. If they win next week, they're a team that you can't keep out of the playoffs. And they know that. Is there more pressure that comes with that? Absolutely. But the reality of it is, is this is a team that knows where they are. They know what they have to do. And the biggest key for me, I mean, Lincoln Riley, whew, the man is a genius. Like, watching him, did you guys see the touchdown that Jordan Addison scored last week mm-hmm. where they hit him in the backfield after going tempo? You move the running back all the way out to look like he's like your Z receiver, and then you have your running back in there as your H or your F, and then except it's Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, one of the best wide receivers in college football. Let's hide him. And now a linebacker's got to cover him. Guess what? That's a free touchdown. We don't have to do anything. That's a free touchdown. We didn't have to do anything. We just had to wait for you to be so dumb as a team, UCLA's defense, that you didn't realize that you probably should have had a safety or a corner on this guy because we put him in the backfield. And I think that's the beauty of that. And now I guess we're going to see Ohio State attempt a field goal, which they should have scored a touchdown. But it is what it is. Well, Michael, I love your take on that USC-Notre Dame game, baby. That's what we like to hear. I'm curious, though, also what you're thinking about the Crimson Tide and the Auburn Tigers. As a former player, I mean, you've seen Auburn rally around Cadillac Williams, but going on the road in the Iron Bowl is a completely different beast. They're catching 22 points. Total we're seeing at about 50. What do you make of this spot here? Personally, I was leaning toward the total going over. I don't know if I can put that much stock in Auburn's offense, but what should we be on the lookout for? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't trust Auburn's offense uh, to consistently get it done, but their defense, they got some salty dogs up there, and I I love that about them. So I just honestly, the biggest question for me is how motivated is Alabama? An Alabama team that is now – technically in striking distance, but the reality of it all is they would need so many dominoes to fall for them that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it, it'd be like my kid building a gingerbread house, right? The whole thing would have to collapse for them to get in. So it's, it's just a – I just don't – I don't know how motivated Alabama is. Like, if you're, if you're Will Anderson, who's going to be, what, worst-case scenario, the number three pick in the NFL draft? Like, what's the, what's the point? What's the point of any of this? Like, I don't, I don't need to do this. And so I think that's where Alabama is, where they realize, like, listen, Nick Saban's done a great job of making football a business for him and football a business for his team. But if you're going to close the doors for the holiday season, I don't know if anybody shows up to work. 
It's a really great point. All right, we got our last 90 seconds with you here really quickly, Michael. Uh, TCU-Iowa State, Horned Frogs continue to get by the skin of their teeth. They're nine-and-a-half point favorites, total of 45-and-a-half today. Oh, 45-and-a-half. I think that I think over is the play. And then the other part for me is I do think that we do need to see if Hutchinson versus Quentin Johnson, which one of those, te- which one of those guys has, has a bigger game. I think that, oh, you know what? I guess we have to throw Stavion Williams in there, too. Because yep. he's been incredibly dynamic for TCU. So I, I think the key here is TCU's defense showing up. We've seen them win games 24 to 21. We've also seen them win games 45 to 41. So this is a team that's got a dynamic capability, a dynamic personality. I think the big key for me is going to be watching these guys push. And TCU, I don't think there's a team that's more terrified in the country than TCU. They have already, and I know these guys didn't play on that team, but in 2014, so we're talking about eight years ago, the start of the playoffs, TCU is a team that got leapfrogged by Ohio State. Yep. They know they have to win. They know they have to win. I expect them to go out and take care of business this week and next week because that's the only way that they can get into the playoffs and then they can look at everybody else and be like, listen, we did our job. Michael Felder, again, college football analyst, field of 12 at In the Bleachers. Michael, great to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time. No problem. You guys take it easy. Uh, it's a great. I have a great memory, a vivid memory of uh, Mitch Moss crippled over in pain when TCU got skipped over for that first college football playoff. It is absolutely incredible. All right, we'll come back. we got plenty left to get to as we approach the second hour of Live Bet Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.